Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Premier League preview. We can't call it the Premier League preview because we'd get done. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture Football, joined by Benjamin Richardson and Andy Murray from What Culture Football. I know what you're thinking. Where's Adam Cleary and Ewan Patterson? Well, they got zero predictions right last week, so they've been fired. Uh, so I'm joined by Andy and Benjamin to look ahead to this weekend's Premier League game. Yeah. I was going to say, I think I'll get even fewer right than zero. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into it, don't forget if you're a fan of this sort of thing to subscribe to What Culture Football on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from for daily football podcasts. But another game, get another exciting game week in the Premier League to come. Uh, we discussed our fantasy league picks yesterday, but we're looking mm. forward to the games to, uh, today. And the big game that jumps out is, of course, the late kickoff on Saturday afternoon. Manchester City versus Spurs. The first potential hurdle for Man City, this. Yeah, it is a potential banana skin even for Spurs. They're still missing all manner of important players like Son and Ali. Big stupid Son getting himself suspended at the end of last season. Uh, their new players probably aren't going to come straight in either. So I think the game will probably pan out in much the same way as one of their games last season mm-hmm. did. Hopefully not the Champions League game. Um, as exciting as that was. Um, now I've printed out the league table utterly pointlessly which obviously puts Manchester City top do you have the feeling that they may just stay there for the entire season uh, yes probably especially since they always seem to get an early kickoff which gives them the psychological advantage um, actually no yeah you got the late kickoff the yeah. but normally which, yes I agree with you on this occasion it's actually beneficial to them we'll get into that later when we talk about Liverpool but um, the last two times Man City played Spurs at the um Etihad Stadium, it's actually been a very tight contest. Mm. We had the, the epic Champions League one, as mentioned. Different circumstances, mm-hmm. different context, given it was a knockout and he had the away goals. But it was a 1-0 victory for Man City, was it? at the end of last season, I think. Very, very close run thing. Mm. But at this stage in the season, fresh, new momentum, I actually think it's going to be a lot easier. And I think Man City will win yeah. comfortably, hands down. Uh, I suppose struggled a little bit against uh, Villa in the late kickoff last you know, Saturday. I wouldn't necessarily say they struggled. I think they were... Head and shoulders above filler in the entire match. Mm. Like they dominated, created lots and lots of chances. I suppose they, their their skill showed out in the end, didn't they? I mean, they, I think they it was just a case. Down. It was a case of wearing Villa down, who were obviously very motivated for the first game back in the Premier League, and eventually collapsed. At the end yeah. we saw it. Spurs pressing is really quite intense, especially if you're a team that's just come up from playing against like Rotherham last season. Uh, the theory that Harry Kane can't score in August has been officially put to bed. Finally, we had last season and now this season, of course. Um, and Dombele looks looks phenomenal yeah, for looks for um, Spurs. Where do, how do you see this game going? 
Um, I, much the same as Benjamin. Uh, a slightly easier path to victory for Man City. Um, I thought Rodri, after you know, looking a little bit sloppy early on, really came into the game for City in their absolute blitzkrieg of a first. Maybe that's not the best word to use. Really dominant first <laughs> game. Um, I yeah, think, I think the, the difference is, is that Spurs won't be obviously won't be as naive as West Ham. In I'm really surprised by Manuel Pellegrini, such an, an an astute and shrewd manager, thinking he can go toe-to-toe with Man City. Mm. As good as West Ham's players are, they do have a good squad. I think you need to be a little more intelligent. Mm. A bit more pragmatic. Yeah, but that's certainly not the case with Spurs. And I think one of the ways that maybe can exploit them is, I think we'll probably see Joao Cancelo play, and I think he'll be expected to play in very more attacking mm-hmm. form. He won't be playing as a pure right-back, and I think that is definitely an area where Spurs could get some joy. So, uh, let's kick ourselves off with the first score predictions for the weekend. Uh, how do you see this game going, Andy? 2-0 City. 2-0 City. Benjamin Richardson? Uh, I actually think Spurs will score, but it's going to be 2-1. I'm inclined to agree with you on that. I think 2-1 um, Man City. Although I could quite easily see this being a draw. It's one of those games that you, they may look back on. Yeah. If this was mid-season, I'd sense that they'd be really in their, in their groove. And they are obviously playing very yeah. well. They've already won a trophy this season, after all. But... Um, yeah, I think that there could be a potential banana skin there. All minds always, as you say, cast back to that Champions League game. But well, let's not forget, Spurs didn't win that game. No, so I mean, they went through and away goals, but no Kane in that game. Yeah, Britain's dumbest man can now score in August is a big thing. As well, <laughs> I, guess. I think I think Son is it, a bigger loss than Kane yeah. personally. Mm. Even so, I think we all universally agree though that Man City will probably just edge that one. Uh, let's j- lo- leap to the uh, Monday game now because I think that is the one next that catches the eye because uh, Man United obviously now second yep. in the league. They yep. blew <laughs> away Chelsea on Sunday in a weird performance, really wasn't it? Because game. they. I mean, that wasn't a 4-0 game, was no, it? Never. Um, I think Wolves will give them an even sterner test, especially away from home. Now, Wolves did play in the Europa League last night, mm. but they came in with a 4-0 advantage against uh, the Armenians, Punic, and they rested a lot first in place, so I don't expect that to have any particular impact. In fact, I actually think it might give them a little bit of momentum going into that. Mm-hmm. I think if Man United are as lackadaisical as they were defensively against Chelsea, but will get punished by Wolves, particularly because Wolves are one of the best counter-attacking sides in the Premier League. Mm. Chelsea... I saw that in the FA... Was it the FA Cup game between the two? Yeah. Of them last year? Chelsea got beaten by Man United, mostly based on individual errors rather than a lack of overall quality. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I, I just don't see that with Wolves. Yeah, I think the the Man United-Chelsea scoreline, it wasn't false in a way because there were lots of little balls up all over the pitch, but I don't think it reflected the overall patterns of play no. in that game. So, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, it, 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 it is hard to accidentally lose 4-0. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, it's not like the perfect Chelsea, and Man United obviously exploited them as well. Yeah, But like I say, I, I think it was down to a, a, a comical series of minor errors rather than a fundamental problem with Chelsea or, or, or something excellent about Man United specifically. Yeah. Kurt Zuma, one of the most disastrous <laughs> opening, you know, for a guy looking to stake a claim in the first team while other players are out injured, Rudiger's missing and all this stuff. One of the most disastrous performances I've seen for like that level of centre-back, that level of club in a long time. On the flip side, on the flip side to that, Daniel James obviously scored on his debut for Man United. This that is, that this attacking the, force that they have looked look, impressive in yeah, parts. That, that goal is one of the first feel-good moments in football, yeah. I can remember, in a long, long, Celebration long time. Celebration so pure. It's like yeah. when he got that dog on Twitter. I was going to say, if you've seen <laughs> when he re- retrieves his dog, I mean, that made my heart melt. 
for, yeah, for a man yeah. with very few emotions. <laughs> yeah, do, what I mean, Harry Maguire looked incredible. He looked outstanding. In that game. Yeah, and I've been really quite critical of that move. Um, no, he looked he looked phenomenal. So did Wan Bissaka. Like the mm. defense looked a lot. This is improved. I was going to say this is the first time in in a while Man United since maybe even since Nemanja Vidic and. To be honest, Rio Ferdinand, I think both of them were a little bit rocky in the opening weeks of United mm-hmm. careers, but the first time they've brought in defenders who have looked assured and fit in straight away. Victor Lindelof had a torrid introduction. Uh, Eric Bailly had a, an awful first opening few months at Man United. So I think it's very, very positive. Aaron McGuire looked like he'd he looked like a captain. Yeah, he did. We we haven't uh, sat down and done our Premier League table predictions as of yet, but uh, where do you see Man United finishing this season? It's kind of, it's a tricky one, like, because the form at the end of last season was so disastrous, and you wonder about this defence. They were tested against, theoretically, one of the better teams in the league last season, but then you consider the starting 11 that Chelsea put out, and they had to play, like, Tammy Abraham and Mason Mount, who are good players, but not necessarily of the calibre that you would associate mm-hmm. with Chelsea over recent seasons. I, I do think that they will finish a lot higher than they did last season. I we know see, it's quite popular to dunk on them. When, when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer took over, they also went on that, the extremely run. Yeah. good run so they are capable of putting together a lot of form mm-hmm. it's i think it's a mentality issue with man united which I, I still can't necessarily understand some of their more established players seem to struggle with attitude mm. compared with yeah. the younger ones like you always seem to get the best out of lingard and rashford whereas you can't say the same with obviously uh, pogba definitely alexis sanchez two-part question uh will paul pogba still be there at the you know, end of the European transfer window. Uh, against his will, I think he will be, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think he's almost becoming a poisoned brand now. And are they going to make the top four? Yes. Yes, I think yes. they are. Yeah, I, do. I, I disagree. I, th- I think they looked great mm-hmm. and they, they look much improved. I just don't see them have, have not necessarily having the staying power. I shouldn't say so that. Well, my just, question to you is, who are going to, who, who's going to edge them out? It's going to realistically Arsenal. be Chelsea or Arsenal. Arsenal for me. I think, okay. as, you know, they didn't look, you know, didn't, didn't tear up any trees in that victory over Newcastle. But I look at that squad. I think I, I think Unai Emery's been getting a free pass for some of the yeah. problems of Arsenal. Mm. Yeah. yeah, possibly. But I just I just <laughs> look at the recruitment that they've had and the, the, the squad they have, squads they have on paper. And as good as Man United's look, I think I've, I said this last week and I felt, very, I felt very smug on Sunday afternoon as Chelsea lost 4-0. Because I said, I don't know who their talisman is. Maybe it's going to be Pulisic. Um, who knows? Because he looked really good in the Super Cup, mm-hmm. but I just don't see that. You know, he, he, as much as we uh, shoot on Paul Pogba, at least he's the guy who they will arguably the teammates will look to. I don't see that that talisman in the in the Chelsea lineup. And, and you know, you might sit there and say, "Well, who's that for Arsenal?" I think that maybe just sort of comes yeah. from all over the pitch. Aubameyang, uh, Pepe. Now, of course, favorite thing I heard this week, or I saw reported at least this week, was Martin Keown saying uh, he destroyed them when he played when they played Lille uh, last season. Uh, Arsenal didn't play Lille last season. <laughs> Hasn't got a bloody clue. Good. Thanks, anyway, man. we're going completely off topic here. Wolves, Man United. Uh, Benjamin Richardson, what is your score prediction for this? Uh, I think I'm going to go for high score and draw two two. Uh, Nil-nil for me. I think they're going to cancel each other out. I'm going to go one all then. We'll, okay, uh, we'll balance it on. So nice. if anyone wins, Equanimity, we're screwed. Nice to hear. <laughs> uh, you mentioned uh, Liverpool uh, yes. as we, when we started this. They are away at Southampton in uh, three o'clock is, kickoff. I, I don't think this is in any way, shape or form fair in Liverpool whatsoever. Now, I know Liverpool fans and every fa- every fan of every club always complains that there's a conspiracy against them. But yeah. when, is, when is the team looking to challenge in challenge for the Premier League I know that doesn't necessarily is not necessarily relevant everyone's got their own things to, to, to play for 
is it quite right that they should kick off at three o'clock on a Saturday, just days after playing in Istanbul or as Man City? Just post midnight in Istanbul. Yeah. Well, five yeah. hours One of fa- football. A fantastic and... statistic I heard is that Alex Oxlade Chamberlain began the match at 25 years old and ended at 26. <laughs> it went so long. Um, and yeah, it, it, it just seems surreal that I mean any other team playing yeah, midweek in Europe would not be playing at three o'clock yeah. on Saturday. And they could argue Chelsea are playing on Sunday. Why? Why have Liverpool been given the three o'clock fixture? Where, where's the parity? They've got to clam in the crass, classic. There is Sheffield United versus Crystal Palace before that. Yeah, that could be quite entertaining could be in, 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 a, in a perverse way. But um, nevertheless, what I will say is, it's Liverpool. They've got extremely large reserves of energy at any given point in the season. They've got a good squad. Southampton. They are better than their opening weekend mm. results suggest. I think again, the, the narrative. That is suddenly, oh, they're in danger. Ralph Hasenhutl's the man for the chop because they lost the opening game. Well, let's you know, let's be a bit more realistic. Yeah. As disastrous as it was, I still think Liverpool obviously have more than enough to, to save them off. Yeah, I think it's not going to be a, a demolition. No. I mean, I, I, I'm romanticised this game every time I look at it and say, oh, Sadio Mane will score again against mm-hmm. his old club. See, they struggled to beat Southampton at St Mary's last season. Mm. There was that absolutely wonderful uh, Sadio, um, Mohamed Salah run. Now, I can't remember who got the winner. Was it? I think it was Jordan Henderson. Possibly. Very late on. So, But again, that was at the end of the season, not the start. I, th- I think Liverpool just going to edge this. I'm, I'm going to go 2-0. I, I think Liverpool are actually going to struggle a little bit here because of said fatigue. Um, and, you know, given the unbiased, uh, objective opinions I've expressed on Liverpool Football Club <laughs> on this channel many times, I am absolutely delighted that they have to play uh, 17 <laughs> hours of football this week. Um, I've got this down as a one-all draw. I don't think Southampton will be as daft as they were against Burnley when they fell victim to one of the greatest bastards in the league, Ashley Barnes. Um, <laughs> I think they'll fare a little better. Uh, Liverpool, I, I think that Adrian and goals has quite a big impact on how they play in general, not just from having a worse goalkeeper yeah, perspective. The, the, big, the, difference, the big difference between Adrian and, and Alisson isn't how good a shot stopper are the mistakes. Adrian's certainly more prone to mistakes. As, as good a keeper as he can yeah. be, it's his ability with the ball yes. at his feet. So I think we're going to see a lot more, more direct Liverpool. Might yeah. actually benefit from against Might be Southampton. Fun to watch. Yeah. Bring Andy Lonergan in. Why not? <laughs> yes. Former, Middlesbrough's. Yeah. Came from Middlesbrough, Andy Lonergan. Seven games go. on loan at Rochdale last season. Yeah. <laughs> Super Cup winner. Good. You can do it too. Uh, what's your score prediction for this? Uh, I think it's going to be 1 0 Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, what, did you, what would you say yours? 1 1. 1 1. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the early kickoff on Saturday Arsenal Burnley. A game that your head always tells you, <laughs> oh, Arsenal struggle against Burnley because it's Burnley and they don't like that sort of rough housing football. <laughs> but I seem to remember over the years, recently especially, Arsenal sort of have Burnley's number. Yeah. Um, I thought I thought the, the, the match between Newcastle and Arsenal last Sunday was one of the worst Premier League matches I've seen in some time. And a lot of the talk was about, oh, it's bound down to where Steve Bruce is playing. It's because of Newcastle, it's because of weather. Very few people saying Arsenal... The way in which Arsenal contributed to that, that terrible game, mm. I didn't think they took the game to Newcastle enough. I was going to say for long stages, yeah. Newcastle mm-hmm. actually were out, outsmarting. Now, if Steve Bruce is outsmarting you, there might be an issue with the way that you're playing. What I will say about Arsenal is, they didn't. It didn't seem like they'd even began the season properly. They weren't playing any of the new players, which was just really, really boring. Um, <laughs> yeah. And frustrating. It's for no fantasy power. football it's manager. No they also had Sead Glasnach and Mesut Ozil out. Yeah, that so was surreal. I don't know if this is something maybe going on with the mentality in the dressing room. Maybe players are a little bit unsettled. Mm-hmm. They'll be back this week, so I think that'll give them a lift. And obviously, I think we'll see we'll see Pepe play. We'll see David Luiz play, which will guarantee entertainment one way or another. Yes, yeah. 
Uh, we'll see. We might see Danny uh, Shabalos play, hopefully. And also at home, I think they are going to be on the front front, front front, more offensive. I think they'll beat Burnley. Yeah, I think they comfortable with this. Yeah, I mean, absolutely the same boat. Pepe as well, maybe get a start this week. You know, last week, Arsenal, the lineup was interesting. Joe Willock and Reese Nelson. Like, Nelson's coming off a relatively okay season in Germany, of yeah. course, but I think you wouldn't imagine these players would be sitting there. I, I think you know, Unai Murray was trying to make the point that he is going to uh, trust his young players, going to invest in youth. He played a lot of them in Europa League last season. Mm-hmm. They got to the final, which is all fair and good, but if you're going to spend hundreds of millions of euros on exciting attacking players you probably should play them yeah as well. mm-hmm. give, maybe give them a go or so yeah um lacazette was on the bench as well i think i love lacazette well. he's one of my favorite strikers i hate to see him not playing i think the vampire uh he, he does look like a vampire doesn't he you know Emily? i think he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna i don't know there's a metaphor about garlic or something let, let, let me ask you a question about unai Emery's arsenal mm. could, could you describe them <laughs> at all like what sort of football do they play Diet Wenger, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of like, it's a really characterless brand. of. There's no defining characteristics of that brand. Of you look at them on paper. I said, I was going to say this last season. You look at them on paper and you look at the, the front line that they've got now and you go, geez, well, this is what I was thinking all summer. If yes. they can get some decent defensive it's, recruits yeah. in, it's they've for, got... A, it's a ferocious front line. I know they've lost Aaron Ramsey, who I actually thought was by far way the best player, but they still have enough to play with more vivacity, more... Yeah. Unai Emery reminds me of a, of a like a luxury cloud pool, you know, a guy who's got <laughs> a great reputation and he, and he and he does have a pedigree. But when you watch the teams, you just wonder what the fuss is about. Yeah, I str- they strike me as a, a sports car with the handbrake left on. The one, yeah. the one thing I do like about Arsenal is that they've got a number of defenders who are just tremendous patterns. Yeah. Like <laughs> David Luiz, obviously Kolasinac, you know, fighting off guys with knives and stuff. Uh, Mustafi is an absolute bomb scare waiting to happen every game. Socrates is a mad smasher. Yeah, a thinking man's football. It, it's great stuff. Um, but a lot of those same guys are actually like out this week. The defense is like same as last week. Kieran Tierney, that Mavra Pranos fellow, Rob Holding, he's still relevant. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I do appreciate the banter factor with that defence. Score prediction? Uh, I've got 2-1 Burnley. Ashley Barnes will score because, of course... 2-1 Burnley? Will. Sorry, 2-1 Arsenal. Oh, okay. I, so you, yeah, I, I sense that. <laughs> I think that Burnley will snatch a goal. I'm going to go 3-1 Arsenal. I think Burnley um, used up their month's supply of goals in the first game. So <laughs> I, think, I think it's going to be a 2-0 to Arsenal. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, let's look at the Super Sunday now and start with Chelsea versus Leicester. Chelsea obviously looking to bounce back from that disappointing defeat to Man United and the loss of the Super Cup. But they can take uh, hope not only from the, the way they performed from the majority of that game against Man United, but especially from this, their Super Cup performance. Yeah, this is a, we, we, we discussed Chelsea a lot earlier but in the Man United match. And again, I thought they were decent against Liverpool without being tremendous. They can take out, but you can't just keep having good performances. You have to win. Um I thought the midfield was a lot better just simply for the introduction of N'Golo Kante. Mm, yes, I, unquestionably. I, I, I think he's, he might be my favourite player in the Premier League today. I just love him. He's, he never does interviews. He never he never puts himself in the headlines and yet Drives he like does a mini, more than he any, well. Yeah, he's, he's just absolutely fantastic. Um, I liked Frank Lampard banner enough all Chelsea fans on the media by playing him in right midfield. Yeah. <laughs> which was, was brilliant stuff. Um, one question for me is, do we go with Tammy Abraham or Olivier Giroud up front? Now, I think in terms of confidence, if Tammy Abraham's dropped, I think it could have a really big impact mm, on the rest of the season. Yeah. I, I felt devastated from at the end. He looked completely crestfallen. And then after that, he had to uh, weather a load of absolutely disgraceful, disgusting mm, yeah. abuse online as but well. But not surprising, it's a sad thing to say. Not surprising that that abuse came, I mean. It's a sad state it's, of affairs. It's, it's it's a surprise that it's something that we still have to discuss. Yes, yes. Yeah. But yeah, no, I wasn't I wasn't surprised to hear of it. It is a sad state of affairs. I think he, sh- he I think he has to start, and I think maybe he even tried two up front. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? They've like we said they've been producing chances. They've must have hit for woodwork about fifteen times yeah. in the last two games. So they've been a little unlucky as well. I think Leicester are a dangerous team, but I I, I do think they'll if replicate. The best parts of last week's performances mm-hmm. should be them. Pulisic looked really good in the Super Cup, I thought as well. Yeah. Um, but Leicester are a team many have been picking to to you know break top six, arguably even break into the top four. Yeah, if they I, this year. I've, I've watched so much Brendan Rodgers football over I the past ask, couple of seasons. What is your opinion on Brendan Rodgers? Similar question to Unai Emery. I personally <laughs> think he might be a bit of a fraud. Um, Brendan Rodgers was far too good a manager for Celtic Football Club in that um, he. You know, he effectively handed that club the treble, treble, three trophies every single season. He was the actually the first Celtic manager in a long time who actually achieved what the, the club should achieve, and that is complete domestic domination, given the gulf in talent, facilities, budgets, everything. Celtic, objectively, should dominate everything in Scotland. But is this, is this, it's not always that simple. Do you have to be a great manager to do that with Celtic? I don't think you do. And I think you have to be a very good manager to do that with Celtic. Yeah, so my, that was my next question. Is this evidence that Brendan Rodgers is a good manager? It, I don't think his reputation has been enhanced whatsoever by his time. It's, I've said this on podcasts in the past. Because I, I, I think Martin O'Neill enhanced his reputation yes. at Celtic. I actually think he took them to another level. He did. He took them Absolutely. to a, a European final uh, in 2004. Whereas I thought Brendan Rodgers... I, it, and that was, it was a lot more competitive then as well in mm-hmm. Martin O'Neill's era. I thought Brennan Rodgers was doing the very least that you would expect. Mm. Yeah, no, I absolutely. think the Leicester are the right sort of side for Rodgers now. Yeah, this is the right size club for him. I think he has come back to British uh, English football with the same reputation as when he left. Um, 
yeah, he he just was. He was con- like, I'm not trying to discredit what he did at Celtic. It's obviously a phenomenal mm-hmm, achievement, mm-hmm. but they should be doing that. And you know that he's been able to do that says more about the managers of the past, like Neil Lennon's back now, banter. Uh, Ronnie Dyla was, you know, he won the league and so forth, but he did so with no competition, and he was a moron. Um, Rodgers, Rodgers, Rodgers teams will always be susceptible defensively. Uh, it's kind of a lazy take, but it's absolutely true. And now Harry Maguire's gone as well. I, I like the idea of Tammy Abraham and Giroud starting up front together this weekend. I think going physical when you've lost that presence at the back is a I smart think they two different things as well. I think yeah. Giroud's a, a very underrated Technician, very, very good and technician. The most handsome man in the Premier League. Yeah, mm. I'd possibly mm. go with that. Top the th- three. The thing about Giroud is that because he's a tall fella, and he doesn't score many goals. People assume he's like a, 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 a lumbering beanpole of a striker, mm. which it's just not true. Like you say, he's, got, he's a very technically gifted player. I remember watching him years <laughs> back. I think it was a uh, was that a Lille? No, it was um, Montpellier. He was superb. Like scored a lot of goals then as well. Mm-hmm. Which I don't necessarily think Arsenal it's got the best out of him. It's like an upgraded Mark Paduka. There we go. Yep. <laughs> uh, score prediction for Chelsea versus Leicester. I've gone two one Chelsea. Um, he, despite you know playing this nine hours of football the other night, I think uh, is huge. I think Leicester will score. Um, I think it's going to be a three-one comfortable victory for Chelsea. I think it's going to be a draw, one-all. I'm going for. Uh, right, let's rattle through the uh, other games going on this weekend. Sheffield United, Crystal Palace makes up the uh, other half of Super Sunday. Sheffield United looking impressive in their return to the Premier League. Sheffield United are a good team. They're a very effective team, but not necessarily a fun team. But that sounds like it's going to be a not one of a just a horrible experience to sit through. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> it, like I said earlier, it could it could be entertaining in a in a, in a perverse way. Mm. One one of the interesting things about Sheffield United this summer was, was I saw the headline about Ravel Morrison mm-hmm. joins Sheffield United. Thought, oh, you'll do all right in League One, and then and then it hit me. <laughs> Hang on a minute, Sheffield United are in, in the Premier League. What's yeah, he is from? by far and away one of the most fascinating signings. This yeah, hundred percent. I don't know what to make of this one. I think it's going to be a very very scrappy one all. Yeah, I've, I mean I've got it down as nil nil. Um, to move on from one guy in a huff to another guy in a huff, I guess it depends what kind of mood Zaha, Zaha, yeah. Zaha has in. Yeah, he's, um, he's but, a big question mark over your sort of fantasy yeah. prediction. The, the, the big thing Sheffield United have in their favour is Bramall Lane's one of the most uh, hostile atmospheres in English football, mm-hmm. which isn't saying very much these days, but it does still retain something approaching like a uh, further siege. And, and, and I think that could be difficult for... Some of Crystal Palace's players. Yeah, it's, I've been there many a time as a Chesterfield boy. Not watching Chesterfield, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, some of my friends who... I remember going to see uh, Aston Villa versus Sheffield United in the FA Cup. And it was... I mean, was it, ripping. It was, yeah. It was a day out, I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> uh, so you said uh, nil... Nil-nil. Nil-nil, uh, yeah. A great atmosphere, but I think, I don't know, it just sounds like two blunt things just bashing I, each other. I'm going to go me. with uh, Crystal Palace 1-0. I think right. this is going to be a horrible sort of realisation for Sheffield United. Of, oh, just, we've had this you know, decent draw last weekend and now. I also want to mention, just, just you were on about the fantasy teams the other day, Billy Sharp is a pick people should get in there. Yeah. And just because he's a top bloke as well. He is. Uh, right, let's rattle through the final few fixtures. Everton, Watford, what are you saying for this one? Nil-nil. Uh, Sounds boring, Wall. Yeah, it, does, um, it really does. <laughs> uh, I've got, for some reason, I've written down 3 0 Everton. Yeah, well, Watford. Don't look, know why. Watford looked really, really disappointed. They, like, they, you know, they were a team. Of, I, I popped in uh, Roberto what, Pereira and he played 45 minutes and did nothing. Yeah. Watford have been in bad form since the end of last season. I know they've got to be a FA Cup final, but then they got absolutely obliterated. Mm, yeah, in the Premier 20. League, they totally took the foot off the gas as they're preparing for that. And they don't seem. It seems like they've not put it back on for the start mm, of the season. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm happy to go with that. <laughs> I'm going to go 2-0 Everton for this one. I just don't think Watford will have recovered from last week. The front line sounds really exciting. It does. Evan have got problems with midfield. Morgan Schneidland's suspended. Yeah. Andre Gomez is out. So I don't know who goes in there. Who knows? Uh, Newcastle are away at Norwich Oi. this weekend. This is, I think this could be a long afternoon for Newcastle fans once again. So... I don't know. Did I don't know if you saw Norwich's game against Liverpool last week? Uh, they lost four-one. Yes, but we're tremendous. Yeah, well, but were they tremendous though? Because they did lose four-one. <laughs> no, they, they they weren't tremendous, but they looked. There were a lot tremendous. of positives to take out of it, but mm-hmm. so what? They conceded four times against Liverpool side who weren't playing particularly well. Do you think <laughs> it's going to be different at Carrow Road? Or yeah, I think it'll be different because Newcastle are absolutely terrible. Yes, <laughs> uh, Daniel Farker. He's described this as. Another Everest without the tools. Well, come on, it's it's not, it's is Newcastle. it? It's Newcastle yeah. at home. It's Newcastle. I think Norwich have about as much quality as they do. Uh, it's a trip to the shops without the tools, isn't it? Basically? Yeah, yeah, it is. Temo Bukki's a, a really good striker. He's someone I suggested but, possibly bringing in for this weekend. Yeah, he, he, was, he, he fascinates me, man. He yeah, fascinates it, me. He's, he was superb against Liverpool, so I think... I think Newcastle have a handful of him. Yeah, I think he might be the difference maker. He blows my mind because he was god-awful in this guy. He was god-awful in the best league in the world, and now he's firing in the worst league in the world. So I guess first, it makes sense. First Finnish player to score in the Premier League since Sammy Hupia. Oh, wow. good stat. Good for him for uh, what, improving, to be fair. What are we, what are we saying for this one? Uh, I think Norwich are going to win two goals to one. I've gone one nil. Um, it could be two or three for Norwich. I think that mix of... Pookie, uh, that Buendia, who I think is a very yeah, you exciting fantasy football pick as well. And uh, Super Kenny McLean, made in Aberdeen, of course. I'm going to go 1-0 as well for Norwich. Brighton, West Ham. Brighton currently fourth in the Premier League, currently in the Champions League spots. I desperately wanted Brighton to go down last year. I, they were my they were I, they were my twentieth um, team. They, I thought they because I just thought, totally, yeah. and then they looked fantastic. It was it was a totally rational um, desire based on the fact I was hoping Middlesbrough would go up. And I didn't fancy such a long away trip. <laughs> yes, very, very selfish. Very but I, I don't. I think also I just felt like I became tired of him in the Premier League. It's Chris Hewitt, one of it, like Love. universally known as the nicest Love guy in football. Yeah, and I wish him all the best. But I think he'd reached the end of his course. Yeah. Graham Potter is such a brave, interesting outside the box appointment for Brighton, and I think already we've seen he's doing great work. And interestingly, like Arsenal, he, like like Arsenal, stuck with all the players. From last season, but actually got results from it. Mm. So it's just me. He's keeping morale ticking over. Well, uh, I, I genuinely don't know what know what to make of this one because West Ham were one of my picks is potentially breaking into the sort of top six this season, and Brighton were my pick yeah. for twenty. Yeah, well, if in we're the not, not going to get beaten five nil again, that's, no. that's for sure. But I think it's going to be a tough a tough one. I think West Ham nick this one. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with my predictions for now before I completely reverse them next week. I no think doubt. Two one West Ham. I think it's going to be a draw. I think it's going to be a one-all draw. I've got two on Brighton. I think they look much improved. They look less like agricultural than they yeah. did uh, under Chris Hutton. And uh, also, West Ham, at the time of recording, Mark Noble, Aller, Anderson, all 50-50. Jack Wilshere, shock, is, uh, is out. <laughs> um, so, that, you know, they're missing some key bodies. Uh, Andy, final game, Aston Villa against Bournemouth. Anyone like me has packed their team full of Bournemouth players expecting good fantasy yeah. football points. It's not worked out well. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Fraser, Aberdeen's, famous son apart from me obviously um will come good he's a fantastic winger he obviously didn't have the best game in the, the opener but he will he'll get you assists keep him in your team you silly sausage um mcginney esta as well mm. as you coined had a tremendous finish in that in that game against tottenham really took that took that down well 
this is an interesting game because Villa, obviously, you know, they tired against Tottenham's relentless pressure. They won't have that against Bournemouth. Um, I think Eddie Howe's a difficult one. He's something of a sacred cow in English football. But I think for me... <laughs> sacred how? Is, uh, sacred. Shut up, man. I think I'm never, to be honest, like... I don't know if he deserves the reputation he has. I don't think he's a particularly good team builder. I don't think he's particularly effective in the transfer market. And I don't think, really, he gets the best out of what he has to a certain extent. But I think he could, if he had a sharper eye for players in the market, get more. I've got Villa down as winning 1-0 anyway. I agree with that to, to to an extent. I think he has had some successes in the transfer market. Some. But he's definitely had more misses than hits. Mm. I think Daniel Brooks is a wonderful little player. And uh, Josh King. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Jordan Knight. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's the other side of the coin, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but uh, Tyron Mings Derby, as I'm labelling this. <laughs> I, um, I, don't, I don't know what to expect from Villa this season at all. They've bought no. about 700 players, <laughs> a lot of them for <laughs> ludicrously inflated fees. They've got the, this Jack Grealish curse that we have to talk about every yes. week until the winner game, and then we realise it's a load of nonsense. Uh, boy needs to pull his socks up, and then he'll win a game. That's the... Prevailing mentality. For the dads. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ah, who cares? 2-1. Two, two, one. two one, either of them. 2-1 <laughs> to either of them, what are you saying? Sorry. Uh, one I've nil. got one. Yeah, I've got one nil Villa McGinn again. Why not? I'm going to go Scotland. Bournemouth nicking this one 1-0. One, no. Fraser, mm. obviously. I, I, I expect the curse to continue. Well, I hope it does anyway, because <laughs> then we'll have something to discuss I next week. Just, what if they drop him in the win? Then what, do you never play him again? Well, it's a Gareth Bale who had that for a while, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. He's, well, what's happened to him? He's fell up him up. <laughs> Well, let, there you have it. These are our premiere. Just, just, uh, before we end. Okay. I <laughs> forgot about you wanted to mention oh, this. A little bit of housekeeping. It's, this has been on my mind for days now. On Wednesday, I mentioned about Karabakh. Yes. I said they're from Kazakhstan. They're actually, obviously, Azerbaijani, mm. which has been really annoying me. But from the uh, town of Agdam, which is now a ghost town, they moved to Baku during the Nagorno-Karabakh war. Interesting stuff. Uh, I also want to shout out in the Europa League. I know you didn't want to talk about it, Andy, oh. for obvious reasons. FC Riga knocking out... Um, Ujegu Helsinki, which you've been practicing that. No, it's just it's a. <laughs> <laughs> want to get it? Want to get it correct? Um, first Latvian side to reach the stage since Montreal's in 2009. So good on them. Good for you. I yeah. like that. I like. The, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Latvian football. So yeah. I'll try and talk about Congratulations it. Congratulations to them. Well, let us know your thoughts on this weekend's Premier League fixtures in the comment section below. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And follow us on Twitter. You can follow us at WhatCultureFC. Watch there. Follow all three of us. You can follow Andy Murray at Andy H Murray. What's the H stand for? I don't know. Huddersfield. <laughs> you can follow Benjamin Richardson at... Uh, it's BAR3Bud. You can follow me at Adam Wilmot. And I said, follow us all at What Culture FC. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you join the What Culture Fans League on Fantasy Football. Uh, there'll be links into it in loads of old videos or on our Twitter, of course, at What Culture FC. Right, this has been the Premier League preview. My thanks to Andy Murray and to Benjamin Richardson. Okay. Thank you for watching and we will see you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.